0: Fifty summers ago, in a field in County Mead, this was the sound. This summer, in the same spot, this was the sound. The field became known as the megalithic burial site in Nouth, right beside Newgrange. Fifty years ago this summer, archaeologists and archaeology students started excavating there and uncovered one of the most impressive of such sites in Europe. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. If I could have your attention, please. To mark the anniversary, they had a reunion First there this event. summer. My name is Luke Drury, and for those of you who don't know me, I'm the president of the Royal Irish Academy. And I'm particularly pleased that we have with us here Minister Deenahan. There were speeches by the minister and the professor, a glass of wine, and a launch of a new book by the Royal Irish Academy. But the main thing that was going on was catching up. Hi,
1: baby. Hi, baby. like my whole life is flashing in front of me Is it why? Because you see so many people that you haven't seen
0: for ages Ages may be showing with grey hair and bald heads, but these reunited archaeologists are chatty and giddy too (laughs) It's easy to imagine them as young students coming onto the site with trowel in hand, ready to get down on their knees in the muck and begin scraping away the centuries
2: I mean, it is an extraordinarily exciting job. Um, There's never a day goes by. Nobody
0: is going to believe you, that If they see it on the telly (laughs) and they see the person brushing and brushing and brushing or scratching or scratching or scratching.
2: Yeah, but give give me a half an hour in a sight and you'll be enthusiastic as well. (laughs)
1: Believe me. We're digging under the big mound and we lifted a sod and there was a leaf, a sycamore leaf, and there was buttercups and they were still yellow after all those years. Now they faded almost instantly.
0: How many years have they been there?
1: Oh, 3,000, roughly. So that was like opening the tomb and the air coming in and destroying the pictures. And then you knew that that was the first sod in this area that the builders of the tomb had placed down in that area. And it had to be this time of the year and there were buttercups out as well. I'll just say, little
3: pictures like that. It was very exciting, I mean, for somebody like me who was only going through university.
0: Aideen Ireland didn't have a great start.
3: I was scraping around a skeleton, which I obviously should not have been doing in retrospect, and where the bone broke. So after that, I left excavating skeletons to the experts. I had no expertise in that. But most, most of what I would have done... not just say it
1: was broken anyway? No, no,
3: I know, you, you, you'd see from it. It was a fresh break, you know. Right. Uh, there's no way of camouflaging that. But I spent a lot of time travelling, and that's very safe.
1: I found it terrifying. Well, <laughs> after all, it was Professor Ogden; he was my professor, and he had a formidable uh, <laughs> personality sometimes. so and Was you're he cross? In all. Pardon? Was he cross? No. He, he no, could, no I, he was quite a perfectionist yeah. in his attitude towards work, of course, which, you know, is admirable, but could be quite intimidating to a student, yeah, I suppose. Yeah.
0: Professor Ogan inspired a song. I think it
1: was George Ogan's How did that start Which
0: Helen Roach recalled with John Bradley.
4: Archaeologists are a funny lot, it's true. Tura lo, always seeking for new ways each other to a two. Turauraura two. loo I'll tell you of the race they held and of which one of them excelled. I'll tell you of the man who won it too. So come all you excavators, you dustbin ruminators, and celebrate George Ogan to
2: I probably mm. was lucky in that they would have come out of college at, at you know, 19, 20, 21 or whatever, whereas I was a mature old lady at 29 or whatever. So he treated me with a certain amount of, I think, respect.
0: This is Heather King who worked drawing plans of the site.
2: Excavating is something you can learn quite easily. You either are kind of maybe good at it or not too good at it.
1: It's being careful and having a good eye for very subtle differences in the soil because you have to let the soil speak to
0: you. Is the soil a different colour?
1: Oh yes, but see sometimes when people say to you, oh what did you find, did you get lovely objects, you get fine gold which I never have and never will. Sometimes the soil is much more important in telling you what is actually happening, as in house structures. Nothing is standing anymore, but from the staining in the soil, you can tell if it's a round house or a circular house or if it's a hearth.
0: Give me an example of that. What does it look like if 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 you see a hearth?
1: Okay, you're troweling away, taking very small pieces of earth off, and you'll see a difference in colour. The outside might be brown, and then you begin to see a, a lighter brown, orange, Grey soil which looks like ash. And you do have to have patience because there was many a day I was out there sitting in the mud and it was raining for several days. Freezing cold, or maybe I'm a farmer's daughter, maybe it suited me.
0: After the disaster with the skeleton, things got more interesting for AD in Ireland.
3: Well, I spent a long period over where the find hut now is, digging a pit burial. But what I remember most was that there were hundreds and hundreds of minute blue glass beads and you scraped and you sifted and you scraped again to rescue all of the beautiful beads which were down at the the bottom of this pit and then of course in the fines office being able to string them together. We would have had no idea what they would have looked like obviously because whatever they were attached to had long since perished but just having these hundreds of beautiful blue glass beads and then being able to string them together as they might have been when they were buried with that person. That makes it worthwhile.
0: And they had holes drilled in them?
3: Oh, they had, of course, yes. So they they would have been strung onto something.
0: And were there enough to to make a necklace or or was it a bracelet? No, no,
3: it's strands of a necklace. Hundreds of of beads, so that was strands. Did
0: you put it on and take a picture? Oh, Lord,
3: no, you wouldn't do that. That was sacrilegious.
1: (laughs) The most memorable find I had is a, a feature in the ground basically, it was a representation of a, a house, a large circular timber circle and it was the first one that had been found outside Armagh and that was pretty exciting
0: And did you shout when you found it?
1: Well no, I remember because I was working with a very famous man who worked here for years, Liam O'Connor and I kind of said you know, it can't be, and it was just whispering for a long time you know, what's the pottery? I said, oh, I think it's ware," And I'd never actually seen ware before, but this is the way it was supposed to look. But it was the wrong place the wrong time, so was hushed discussions for a long time. Lots of exciting days, but that that, that one stands out in my head, yeah. yeah. Do you remember well, your I, best day? I miss, I, no, I, I'm going to tell you
2: about the missed one. Owen Grogan, who was one of the, the archaeologists who was in college, was me at the, uh, and we were both working, and it was the last day of the summer and we were finishing up drawings in the Western tomb. There was one little tiny section and we, and we sort of said, "Will we try that down, it'll complete the section. But at that stage it was 10 o'clock at night, it was pitch black outside, it was late autumn and we said no we won't, I said no, God no, we'll go down to Leves, this is the local pub and we'll go drinking and we won't do any more digging (laughs) and we left.
0: If Heather had stayed and taken one more spoonful of soil out that night she would have hit the archaeological jackpot because in the same place on the first day of the season of the next year John Bradley and his colleagues did just that.
4: We were inside and excavating the remains of the cremated bone that had been deposited there 5,000 years ago or whatever and Liam's trowel just touched something that was white and he called to me to look at it and I said, well, expose it a little more and see what it is. And as it was more exposed, it looked at first like a scallop shell and then one could see it wasn't, it was man-made and it was this beautiful mace head.
0: Up on the Boyne at the ancient Stone Age passage grave burial site of Nouth, a 5,000-year-old carved stone object, which was probably an ornamental macehead, has been discovered. And it's a find which has caused considerable excitement among the archaeological community who've been working on the series of passage graves from Nowth to Newgrange for many years. I was
2: disgusted. We weren't... <laughs> we didn't. Well,
4: it was, it, it's a... Beautiful pieces on display in the National Museum.
0: Does, does somebody claim credit for discovering it, or how does it work? Does the whole team get?
4: There used to be, uh, I think, if gold was found, but that, the laws on that have been changed, and it doesn't apply anymore. Because there used to be a compensation for gold, you know. But actually, on a on a focused excavation like this, there are no rewards or anything like that. The reward is the addition that this makes to knowledge. Uh, to you can get we, cash
0: for gold now, if you. Lots of Um
4: You you. You could, perhaps, but uh, you know the amount even in those magnificent gold and that, that you see in the museum, the amount of gold in them is very small. Really? Yeah, tiny. They're as thin as, uh, as silver foil..
0: There is that thing about patience, scraping away at soil for hours on end. If you were in your early 20s, you might not have the patience for that you'd definitely be relying on an iPod or something in your ears to help pass the time.
3: Well, you wouldn't become an archaeologist if you didn't have patience and you wouldn't come for a whole summer year in, year out to work on an excavation if you didn't have patience. And did people
0: sing or talk to each other while they were doing it?
3: They would sing, they would gossip, they would tell jokes, anything to pass the time.
4: The song, the, the, there's a couple of them, but the most famous one is The Now Trowler, which was a song written by the late Tom Delaney. The now Trowler has got caught in the passage, and a stone has blocked it, and then he has to be taken out of it. Uh, so, come list to the lay of the mound, this embowler, tis of the now Trowler, this legend I tell. Struck down in his beauty while doing his duty. To serve his director he strove and he fell.
0: The Nouth Trowler Song, sung by a Nouth Trowler, John Bradley, at an anniversary gathering this summer of those archaeological trowlers who worked at the megalithic burial site in Nouth, County Meath, since 1962, 50 years ago.
1: The remains were sent home to his mother. Tell her I died with a trowel in my hands. Assure
4: her my sections will need need no no corrections (laughs) and send her some soil from each site I have planned. From the passage we scraped him, with trowels we reshaped him. We taped up his face till it seemed that he smiled (laughs) and the very last words that the now trowler spake us were mother, director... And Veer Gordon Child Veer Gordon Child was a very famous prehistorian at, at the time.